And, and it was a pretty tough assignment for us too, I must say. I think it was um, Kevin Ira. Kevin Ira had a, a score to try, try on the right, on hand, the right hand side, yeah. and um, and Ridgie uh, failed the conversion attempt. And I'm just going, I wish I could be next to him right now. I'd seen him just go bang, bang, bang. For Manly, a little bit like with Canterbury with you, tries weren't four, they were six. So I just thought, we're gone here, we'll get beaten like 22-20. He missed it. <laughs> How good was it? <laughs> Reggie, if you're watching. <laughs> How good is it? Oh, you doubled it up for me too, son. You doubled it up with, with the field goal attempt. Uh, they were close, mate. Be the ball. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 236 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson, that is Mr. Rob Cox, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, this is the best view of both of us. Mate, um, we have a Queensland team preview uh, to come up on this episode, plus some obviously New South Wales chat because I've got to make you feel very, very happy. Um, but as we get into the show, um, and I say I'm a lot because I'm going to try and make this segment really short. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken, buddy, and there's been yep. good reason for that because the NRL's decided to change the game. Right now, where do you sit in regards to the various crackdowns being implemented from PVL down to Annesley down to the referees uh, across rugby league right now? Well, here's the thing. You and I will agree on this, that, you know, the, the, the swinging arm, the, the brutal swinging arm with intent to injure another player should be outlawed. Yep. That, that's my view on it. But I think personally, I think that's, there's a bit of overreaching going on with incidental and accidental head contact. Um, the game is getting very stop-starty. The game is getting a bit weird with only 12 and sometimes 11 players you know, playing against 13 others yep. uh, with sin bins and whatnot. Um, you know, I... Yeah, it's it's a bit. We're in a weird time right now, mate. In my opinion, um, I, I'm not really a fan of the the you know indiscriminate send offs and sim bins. Um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's going to to get the attention. I think it's what it's doing is it's, it's creating some um, some divide between you know some more experienced commentators as well as players and uh, between them and the NRL at the moment. Um, I think this power stamping out of things doesn't necessarily work. In my mind, what it, all it does is it, 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 you know, puts a highlighter circle around something, but it doesn't necessarily work because we know that they're not going to be able to, they, they will not do this at state of origin level. Mm-hmm. There won't be players sin bin to origin. We're just about to go into origin. And when we come out of origin, if they go back to the the what seems to be a mandate to keep, you know, sin binning players and sending them off, um, I think maybe the fans will will walk away a little bit. I I I don't like I say, I totally agree with the swinging arm or the elbow in someone's face or the head slam on the ground or the knees in the back. Um, even though that didn't render anything on the field. And I think this that was the trigger point for all of this, by mm-hmm. the way. I think I think they copped such a pasting with that that they've thought, oh, well, well, we'll show you how we can rule a game. That's what it feels like to me. I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but that's the way it feels, that timing of it, you know. Um, but I'm more interested in what you've got to say. What are your thoughts on this? Because you're a... You, in in fairness to you, you're not a guy that wants to go back to the '80s and see the the the, the dirtiness of the '80s. Mm. Um, you're pretty much you want to see a fairly clean game, but I can see from the look on your face that you're a little bit annoyed at the moment with what's happening. Tell me about it. I'm bewildered, absolutely bewildered. Uh, not so much on the the path the NRL decided to go down. It's that they're going like every off ramp every second game to get around the problem and then they're getting back on the freeway to enact the problem in the next match. And the case in point is Saturday night, SCG. I'm sitting there with my brother-in-law who 
has been to two games. I think he's from England. Um, not a huge footy fan, but he's getting into it now. My nephew, who's 15, and my youngest nephew, uh, who's six or seven. And they're sitting there, and it was an entertaining game. I'm not going to sit there and say that it wasn't. We, we had great seats. We're enjoying players go up and down the field. The Broncos winning. But there were some footy heads sitting around us and they were Roosters fans. And Victor Adley goes once to the bin. Victor Adley goes twice to the bin. Then for some reason, the rules change and Victor Adley stays in the field two more times for reportable offences. And I'm sitting there behind next to two, some, some like casual footy fans in my family and then the two footy heads in front of me. And we're just going, how is Victor Radley still on the field? And these are Roosters fans. And we're going, what is the rule? What is the directive? If he, what he did before was worth 10 each time, the logical progression is then it's time to sit down, Victor, like permanently. But for some reason, then we introduced just reportable offences because he's already been binned twice. Is that, is that the rule? Have we changed it that way? Then Matt Lodge does one high tackle after that and goes straight away to the bin for what was no different to what Bradley did on the second or third or, third or fourth occasion. And it's this part that has me bewildered because we saw in Magic Round them do one thing, everybody goes, regardless of whether you're actually swinging or not for the sit-in bin. Then we saw Josh McGuire not go for deliberately jumping on someone's leg from behind and then get five weeks. And then Victor Radley goes and gets him bin twice and not sent off, even though the last two, you could argue, had more intent than the first two because he was trying to make a huge difference. So where I'm at, Cocksmith, is I don't know what they're trying to do because you could argue we're trying to reduce the amount of high shots. Well, you're not going to reduce them happening in a game just because there's the threat of the sin bin. You're not going to reduce them because they're going to get five, 10, one week or fines or whatever they're doing off the off field. It's going to happen. What you've got to decide, I think, if you're the NRL is, it's either one in or all in. It's, you can't keep picking and choosing what is deemed direct contact, whether it's intentional or unintentional, because that's the one. There was one on Friday night with Paul Vaughan where McCullough chopped down, who was it? I'm not sure who the player was. Will Chambers, no, I possibly? It, I saw it this morning. It was Will Chambers, yes. Yeah, and Paul Vaughan is going to hit him here. Like uh, yeah. He's going to hit him like middle chest. It wasn't high, t- high chest. Mm. And they said 10 minutes in the bin for Paul Vaughan. And yet Victor Adley goes out to try and intently impact the game, not necessarily try and take someone's head off, but impact the game and floats too high on two occasions after he's been in the bin twice and he stays in the field. This is why I'm bewildered. I don't know what they're trying to do, Cocksmith, and I don't know if I've answered any of your questions there, but that's where well, I'm sitting. I'm, I'm around my, a circle. My, my thing with Radley is is I, I really don't think there was a lot wrong with any of it, mate. I really don't. I, You know, I don't think the thing on Albert Kelly, he, yeah, okay, it was a little no, bit reckless the way, he, the, way, the way he jumped. I, I don't think so. Um, kickers these days get away with a whole lot of time because people are, the, the, the defenders are, a little bit, you know, reluctant to rush up on them because of exactly what happened to Victor, Victor Radley. Mm, I'm, I'd, I'd, um, I'm opposite there. I think they're getting away with murder at the moment on kickers. Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I you know, the, the, the days, the days of where a kicker will kick and he's still in the air and he gets taken out, they're kind of done. You know, no one, no one's. The reason why they did that, in, the reason why they did that, was because of play, because of Steve Price. You know the the, the Canterbury forward that's, because that's he was fifteen a, years ago. Yeah, exactly. But that's why they brought in the rule that they, you couldn't pressure the kicker. That's why they brought it in. They knuckled down on that. Mate, it's, still, it's happening deluxe at the moment. Absolutely deluxe. Well, well, in my mind, it probably should be happening. It's like standing off a halfback because he's a little bloke. You, you can't do it. You can't just stand off someone because you know the, the, the game should be intense for everybody. Mm. In my mind. Um, you know, and I, I, I can see what I can see what the intent from the NRL is, or I can hear what they're saying it is, but it makes the game very unattractive as far as you know the stop-start, the send-offs, the 
putting on report. 29 players on report this week. 29. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm left scratching my head a little bit um, with one half of me says I want the players to, um, you know, not to be maimed by each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other half of me is like, they know what they're signing up for. This, they're not playing touch football. This is not yeah. touch football. This is a, is a body contact, brutal game. Always has been and hopefully always will be because that's the difference between, you know, the, the guy that can play NRL and the guy that can't. One can yeah. deal with it week in, week out, and one can't, you know. And I know what the chairman at the moment is saying. He wants to hand back the players in the same way as they came in. Well, that simply doesn't happen. No. It doesn't happen. It's, you know... And I know that, that if that's the intention, I don't know if it's an achievable goal because, you know, once players have played NRL for 5, 10, 15 years, some of them, um, they're different. They look different. Their heads are different. They walk different. They've yep. got all kinds of arthritis. And But that's what they sign up for. They know yep. it. It's like an ice hockey player. Um, yep. but, you know, so... I don't know if, if the, you know, for want of a better term, the do-gooding is going to do a whole lot of good to the game. Um, people like to sit in the grandstands and at home on their couch and watch the guys go at each other. The big difference between, you know, a game like rugby league, NRL, and touch football is the defence aspect, the hits, the brutality. Yeah. As soon as you take that out, it turns into touch football. How many people want to watch touch football in their in their lounge room on a Friday night? I'll tell you how many. None. Mm-hmm. Nobody. The reason why people, you know, crawl over themselves in, in America to get to the ice hockey is for the hits. It's yeah. not because it's of the skillful skating. It's not because of anything else. It's because of the hits. You know, and like it or loathe it and try and protect players from each other when they're not asking for it, really, um, is... I think it's a little bit of an overreach, but I get the I get the intention that the 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 intention to keep people safe is one thing, but when they sign up for it and when they want it and when they want it from when they're a little kid, I, I don't know if it's you know I, I just don't know if it's required to be honest. So yeah, I don't want to spend time, a lot of time on this, and we haven't. Yeah, but let me let me just wrap where I'm. Really, and I'm going to just rehash what I said before on the back of what you're saying. The players didn't ask for this. Victor Radley and the way that he attacked those last two players. Now, the one that he got with Coates wasn't for the initial shot. It was for the over the top at the end. And apparently he was offside Mm. when he ran out to hit him. Mm. But the whole purpose of what I thought protecting the players was about was almost taking the player who could be doing the harm out of the game. Yep. The referee who left him on after those first two sin bins, after seeing the third one, how he didn't expect that to happen again is beyond me. And how do they sit there in the bunker not thinking that Victor Radley with his uh, um, inflictor hat on wasn't going to go out there and try and make a difference, which we know can be done in a certain different ways. That's what he does. That's that's what he does. That's the kind of player he is. But what I'm saying is if you know that that's there as a risk and you've binned him twice, you can't leave him on the field if your whole intent is to try and protect players. You can't do that. Mm. And that Mm. is where I'm sitting here just going, I don't understand what they want to do because that's a clear example of what they should have done. They should have just taken him off the field. Is it about about protecting players or is this about signalling? Is this a signal? Is this, you know, I mean... I'm not saying it's not about protecting players. All I'm saying is, is what the way you describe it just then, there's mixed messages there. Yeah, there's like, 100%. okay, we've already simbed him twice. We've got not go overboard here. Yeah. I, yeah. I said it to the guy sitting in front of me. Are they too afraid of what Trent Robinson's going to say after the game? Don't know because he was very pro. What He's pro what they did the week before. I didn't watch this press know, conference but, this week. And I yeah. saw Ricky Richards nice and short. But, well... Well, look, put it this way. I think Trent Robinson's big thing the week before was the knees in the back on Hutch- Hutchison. You know, that, that, well, two weeks before. That, 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 the week, week yeah. after last week's magic round, he was quite, this is what we're going to do. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what Valandis wants to see if we're going to have this wiggle room already, already, as we head into Origin in, in what, 15 days' time. 
if, this if is the... I know he, I know he probably won't play, but if Radley was going to play for New South Wales in Origin One, would you like to see him curb his enthusiasm a little? If he wants to stay on the field under the guise of what the rules are, he would never be sent from the field for any of that in Origin, for any of it. No, let's, you know, this is where the NRL has to decide because if you want to play the game that the Landys is playing with the oh mum at home watching the game well everybody watches the game in a couple of weeks I know Gus went a little bit overboard saying no one's going to watch it well everyone's going to watch it Gus well, everyone's going to watch it <laughs> yeah, Gus Gus was I think Gus was trying to make a point there um, but if, if if the game gets softened down to where it looks like it's going to go now at origin level people will turn off I'll guarantee that when you when you sit down for, for turn off factor, origin, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that the turn off factor your, during your, a game. Yeah, yeah. You t- you sit down at Origin with your pizza and your beer and your mates and around that, and they start sin binning blokes or putting blokes on report for what happened with the, the Pangai one. I mean, yeah, there was nothing in that. There was nothing in it. Absolutely nothing in it. He went around the ball. Okay, yeah, there was contact with the head, but it wasn't power contact. You know, Pangai had been running it at Sam Walker all night and expected to run over the top of him again and didn't get it. Victor slid one across and said, no, here I am, bang. And I don't know, but I, I, I like that. I can't like that. I, I, I hear you. I'm not, I, I just am saying there's a consequence that should have been there for all four. And for some reason, there was only there for two. And, and as we go into origin, to your point, what worries me most about this crackdown is if it's not consistent, we are going to have a situation in origin where one team has 11 players. And yet later in the game, if those players do it again, they won't get sent off. They won't get pinned. Here's my last word on it, mate, for now. In your opinion, when is this crackdown going to stop? We're in round 11 this week. It won't stop. It'll rise and it'll flow stop. through the rest of the season. It won't stop. I don't think we'll see another weekend like we've just seen with 29 players on report. And I think mm. it's going to stop around about round 14 or 15. It'll just peter out. That's what I think. I can live with the on-field stuff being toned down if they start punishing guys for two weeks out for every high tackle. If they want to really make a message, then that's the way they do it. But we know the NRL doesn't seem to want to do that. They'll just put out fines for some the same high shots as the ones that will get two or three weeks. And my problem isn't the high shot. My problem isn't the intentional high shot. My problem is the incidental high, high contact. That's my the Paul Vaughan one, mate. If you have a look at that tackle, yeah, he, he hit him across the snout, he mm. right across the, the beak. But he wasn't he wasn't looking. Will Chambers had fallen a little bit. Yeah, Paul Vaughan's head. Paul Vaughan's head was over his shoulder. He couldn't see where he was aiming. I'm with you. But Josh Dugan stayed on the field for at a deliberate high shot a bit later on. Harodi came across and smashed Ramsey in the head when he couldn't hit him anywhere. Well, Harodi got Harodi got binned for that though. And he got one only got one week. Dugan only got one week for his one, which was exactly what they're trying to stamp out of the game. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm bewildered. Anyway, after Let's the break, we'll on. come back and talk some origin. But we haven't really answered all your questions. I know I had a few from our number one fan, Mr. Croxford. Um in regards to that, but the long and the short of it is you're going to get the last 15 minutes just going round and round in circles and we're not sure where we, we end up. Uh, after the break, Origin Talk, Cocksmith. Are you happy? Yep. Can't wait. Best time of the year. Not the footy show. show. Uh, and Harry, how's he looking? Yeah, Harry's looking pretty good, actually. He's uh, we touch and go for Thursday night. He'll he'll uh, increase his running today at training, and and on Wednesday he might get close to full training. So, look, he's a chance for Thursday night, uh, but um, if not, he'll definitely if be right for Origin One again if selected. Fantastic. And how's uh, our mate Munster looking? Yeah, it's probably the other way. Munster's had a bit of a setback, or not so much a setback, but probably hasn't. Uh, healed as, as quickly as uh, we'd all hoped to be. He won't play Thursday night, and a bit like uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, he'll, he's in some doubt for Origin 1 at this stage. Gats was here. That Frank Panisi report from the Melbourne Storm came after we recorded the podcast. So it sounds like Harry Grant's going to play Origin and Cam Munster might not. So take what you hear in the next 15 odd minutes about the Queensland team with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, timing. Nah, 
See how we go. Okay, it's episode 236. Rob Cox, Warwick Nicholson, Origin Talk Time. Queensland's Origin Team. Now, I know I've labelled the podcast Queensland Team Preview, and we've started with 15 minutes on the uh, Sinbin high, sh- high Shots, whatever it is, mm. campaign. Uh, so apologies if you're here for the uh, Origin Talk. But Queensland's team, it looks pretty settled if there's not injuries, Cocksmith. Is that a fair assumption or assessment? Yeah, well, I think I think you know most people would probably pick the same, you know, fifteen to twenty players within that group. I think it's, I think it's um, probably because they don't have a whole lot of depth, Queensland at the moment, and the, the seventeen to twenty players would be standouts. That who else are you going to pick? I don't think there'll mm-hmm. be too many bolters in the uh, in the Queensland um, in the Queensland team, uh, given that depending on injuries, you know. I mean, you were just telling me before we started this pod that looks like Harry Grant uh, won't play for, for um, opener, for round, uh, round well, one. They use, the, the, they use the term tear in regards to his hamstring injury rather than just pull. So that, that would suggest that even if he got picked, he wouldn't play 80. So I reckon there's a strong possibility he won't he won't get up for, for Origin 1, which, look, he only played so one game you, last who, year, so... Who's in? Well, is it Reed I'll Bain? give you the back line first. I'll give you the back line first, which okay. I think is pretty much set in stone. It'll be Callum Palmer sure. at fullback. I think he'll play this weekend, so he'll be fine. Uh, Xavier Coates and Valentine Holmes in the wing. Uh, Dan Gagai and Kurt Capewell in the centres. Then Cameron Munster, who hasn't played for two weeks, won't play this weekend. Uh, but knowing Munster, he'll he'll give himself every chance to play Origin. He'll be at six, and DCE will be in the seven. I've got no dramas there. Um, yeah. But if Harry Grant isn't available for Origin 1, that then brings, and then Munster pulls out, that brings Ben Hunt into six, does it not? Or does it move Ponga from one to six? Because it uh, impacts what we do at hooker. Sure. Well, I mean, I, what I would do is I'd put Ponga at six and AJ Brimson at one. Yeah. I, I think that would probably leave that hooker spot. But... Yeah, go on. Let's let's keep going from there. I mean, that's okay. that's a little bit yep. of a question mark, but that's an injury. Yeah. Uh, Christian Welsh should be one prop. I think. I think Jairo possibly gets the other prop spot now that Josh Papali won't play Origin one. Uh, then you've got uh, a question at hooker. If it's not Grant, uh, there's strong press for Reed Marnie to be the starting hooker, uh, and then rotating with Ben Hunt. So that's the the nine and fourteen. Uh, the second row picks itself in Felice Kafusi and David Fafita. I think the lock will be Tino. I think he'll push back to 13 simply because they can get 60 minutes out of him there rather than a prop where you might only get 40 or 50. Uh, and then yeah. the bench being Hunt, uh, Wallace, Fodawaker, and Jaden Sewer. And then Brimson at this stage would be 18th man. I think that looks like the mix they'll go. Jared Wallace, who looked overawed a couple of years ago at origin level and played really poor last year, has played himself back into the mix this year. And it also helps that... Mm. Lindsay Collins isn't available. Um, Cohen Hess has yes, had an absolute yeah. shocker um, to start the year. Although, remember, Paul Green is the coach this year. Mm. Yeah, so, well, he, he, Hess might be one of his favourites. But, look, I, I think what you're saying there makes sense. The only thing for me is that I, I, like, I like AJ Brimson a whole lot more than I like Bunt. And I know that Ben Hunt would cover a few positions, whereas Brimson won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough to leave a good player like Brimson as 18th man, but I think you're right. I think you I think you kind of have to. Well, um, this is this is what I'm going to throw back at you because I'm looking at this bench and I'm going Hunt, Wallace, Fodawaker, Sewer. If Jaden Sewer's not starting, is he going to offer you enough off the bench that maybe Brimson playing in the 17 along with Hunt, both on the bench? Because Hunt could play 13 if he had to. If he had to, he could, he could, he could play 13. He's, he's played enough right. of nine, can defend in yeah. the middle, gives you a ball-playing yeah. lock. Mm. I, I just wonder if Queensland do that because they'd like to bring Brimson in if they need to and they can move Capel back into the second row to cover that role that mm. um, Sewer would play off the bench. Yeah, well, Sue is well, not going to start in eleven or twelve. And if if Capel goes back, and Capel hasn't played centre since um, last Origin series, remember that. Mm. Um, if you if you put um, if you put Capel back into the second row, I mean AJ Brimson could well and truly cover at centre. Um, 
I'm sure. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Sue, if Sue doesn't start, I don't know if, if I would have him, to be perfectly well, honest. Yeah, it's, it's whether you put him at 13. That's the option you could do with him. Mm. Um, and just play him in that first 20. That's, that's an who option. Did you, who, who did you have on the wings again, mate? It'll be Coates and Holmes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and the other options all... in the back line, just to put it out there as options, well, Phil Sammy played two Origins last year, so I reckon he'd be the first guy they'll pick up. Uh, even what though about, home, what about Holmes at what about Holmes at fullback? Would you consider that? Oh, only if Ponga was hurt, but I wouldn't have him ahead of Brimson. I think you leave Holmes on the wing at that level, mm. especially. Uh, the other guys in options at the backs is Kurt Mann, uh, Heimel Hunt, and Edric Lee are both injured at the Knights, so you'd imagine they won't be available. Kyle Felt, Tom Opacic, and uh, Murray Talagi has actually put his uh, hat into the ring with a few really good performances in the last two or three weeks. Um, yeah. Spine wise, as I said, I, I I would have gone McCullough ahead of Marnie if I'm perfectly honest. If I was having Hunt on the bench, um, I like Reed Marnie. I think he's a really good footy player. I just I don't think he's in the Harry Grant class. And well, neither do I. Him, but I think... They're him at nine in an Origin one. I don't know. Mm. I know. I but see if he was in South Wales, I'd probably pick him ahead of McCullough. From a, I'd go the the player who can make a difference as is the, the safer That's... option. That's what I think is the, the go there. McCulloch is is very safe, but I don't know if he's going to bring a whole lot of difference. Is he going to be a difference maker in the game? Mm-hmm. And I think you need your hooker. Remember a couple of years ago when New South Wales had um, Nathan Peets, you know, I think he had two runs for the whole game for, for two metres. Made no difference whatsoever. You need a difference maker. And, and that's no sledge on Nathan Peets. He, you know, he was a good first grader and yeah. he was a logical choice at the time. Um, but not running from dummy half and not making a difference at dummy half, you may as well play Jaden Sewer at dummy half. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. You want your you want your dummy half to make a difference, in my opinion only. What about Bolters? If Sewer doesn't get the gig, I've got yep. Fodder Waker there in the bench, and I think he played he played really well on the weekend. Um, I admit yep. it was against the Bulldogs, but and he did play an Origin last year. If Wallace or Fodder Waker only took one spot. Can you see? I'll give you some names in terms yeah. of a bolter on the bench for the, the Queensland forwards. Uh, yeah. Corey Horsburgh, Tom Flegler, uh, Dynamis Louis, you won't get picked again. Uh, Dylan Napper, Cohen Hess, Francis Milo, Tom Gilbert, uh, Josh Kerr, um, often Gowie's in the mix, McKaylee. Um, but anyone from there, because I know who I'd pick if I was Queensland. He's only got about, to 15 minutes. I like Josh Kerr. Um, the only problem with Josh Kerr at the moment is he's still got a mistake or two in him. I think he's um, missing this week as well. I'm thinking I'd go Horsburgh. If you only need 15, 10, 15 minutes of... I'm picking from a former football team as well. Just let's be sure about that. Of um, course you would. Oh, you picked Josh yeah. Kerr, Red yeah. V-Boy. Um, no, no. I was just thinking... I was actually thinking more <laughs> about when I watched him play a, a couple of years ago in the Maori V uh, Indigenous All-Stars. He was it was on debut. Uh, he, was, he was killing it. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know about Red V-Boy. I mean, I don't really want Bunt to play. I never, And I never said Corey Norman should be playing in the six either. Um, I think you should. No, I won't say that. Go on. Um, but, yeah, I, it's whether they decide to go for a full-on um, bolter. Uh, Tom mm. Gilbert, I, I'm going to say it, sneaky chance to play Origin this year. That's you right. know who I like? It's Paul Green's you know coach, like. remember? Paul Green's coach. He yeah. knows what he's got. Yeah. I really like the look of that um, that kid from Brisbane, um, the one that comes on in reserves at the moment. What's his name? Um, Bullimore. Bullimore. Did he even play on the weekend? I think he just stayed on the bench know, the whole he's, game. He's, he's a won. good player, though. I think he's, a, I think he's a, a name to watch in the future, that kid. Okay. So where we end up with Queensland, and look, we're New South Wales supporters, so we're not going to spend forever on Queensland. Uh, but we think they're going to go with Ponga, Coates, Gagai, Capewell, Holmes, Munster, DCE, Welsh, Marnie, Arrow, Kafusi, Fafita, Fasua, Ma'la'a'i. I got right that time, I think. Um, Hunt, Wallace, Fodawaka, Sua, and Brimson is the 18 we think they will pick um, for game one. I'm throwing out Corey Horsburgh or Tom Gilbert as a uh, smoky for the bench, given uh, Paul Green was the coach. Because remember, Horsburgh from the North Queensland system before he went down to Canberra. So... Paul Green, I'm expecting a lot of fingerprints on his Queensland team uh, over the course of the series. Maybe not in game one, but over the course of the series. Uh, right now, Cox Smith, it's not the worst Queensland team you've ever seen. 
I won't paraphrase no. Paul Gallen for you there, but it's it's not one that that may has me shaken in my boots like it has you know five or six years ago. Um, well, they didn't have me shaking beatable. my boots. Didn't have me shaking my boots last year either, but they won. Yeah. I, I just don't think you know. I've been watching. I've been watching Origin since game game one, series one, back when I was a wee little kid, and and. I don't know if it matters how what they're like on paper. They just seem to be able to grow another leg, head, whatever they need to grow. Um, Three heads to get, yeah, maybe to get the win. You know, so yeah. I, I, I don't know if you can ever take them lightly. It doesn't matter who they stick in the team. You know, I, I, there's there's something magical about the maroon jersey. I hate to say it, it kills me to say it, but there is something magical uh, about that jersey when they pull it on. Yeah. If there's a weakness that I look into this squad, New South Wales have to take advantage on the bench. Because that bench for Queensland, I, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the quality that potentially New South Wales have um, and mm. those impact minutes in the middle of the game. That's Queensland's origin team, game one preview. Let's see what they pick. I think it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday they they finalise their squads. And on the footy show, we'll talk some New South Wales origin because that's what you're tuned in for uh, here after the break. Not the footy show. That's what I came for, mate. Just from New South Wales talk, Queensland talk. I'm over it. Okay, it's episode 236, New South Wales origin chat time. Watch the intensity levels just rise on the other side of this uh, Zoom call. Uh, with Mr. Rob Cox, he talks about the New South Wales team. Mm. There'll be no Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, Cocksmith. So that all that uh, thought process we had in the last podcast where we said, this is how we'll get into the game. We'll take this guy off here and... Yeah, waste, waste of breath. Absolute yeah. waste. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody. There seems to be two positions that, one that I think is genuinely up for grabs and one for some reason the media is trying to push up the grabs. I'm going to adjust the second one first. Why is anybody trying to push the narrative that Damien Cook will not be the nine for New South Wales? Because uh, it's it's starting to get too loud from the Channel 9 Um team that for some reason Appy Coruscant is forcing his way in front of Damien Cook. What's oh, going it's, on it's, there? It's, it's a club form, mate. That's what that's about. It's some it's, it's some pundits thinking that they've you know they've got a scoop. That's all. I I can't see it happening, not in game mm-hmm. one. Um, if they lose game one and the reason they lose is because they've got no oomph out of out of dummy half, then I think he might be on shaky ground, but as as of right now, you know, he's the incumbent. Um, he deserves his spot and the respect to, that comes with that of being chosen first to, to show what he's got. Um, I do like Appy too, though. I mean, I, I like, like Appy, but he's a very good player. I mean, I've, like you, you've watched the Panthers play and Appy hasn't been amazing this year. I think Appy no, played better last year, honestly. I, yeah, he's, he's come off a broken arm over yeah. four weeks ago, though. So I wouldn't you know. say he's got like a wave of form and like standout performances mm. that is saying, get out of my way, Damien mm. Cook. And that's the bit that I don't understand. I mean, the argument I'm sure is related to our oh, Panthers undefeated 11 straight wins. They just smashed South. Thus, he is better than him, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But sure. Appy's not playing at a level that says, get out of my way. If he yep. was... Maybe it's a genuine discussion. I still think Damien mm. Cook, everyone forgets that he was the best player in our two Origin Series wins, just ahead of Teddy mm. those in 18 to 19. And last year, you watch the games, and I encourage you, if you want to watch the games again last year, Damien Cook was not the reason that South Wales got beat in those games. Sorry, but it comes back on to what happened in our halves and our inability to turn the tide when Queensland um, got momentum. Um, you can't have that on your hooker, as far as I'm concerned. But mm. um, The other thing is the rubber, rubber man. He never gets hurt. So um, mm. that is helpful. So D Cook staying in the nine. The other position, um, and it's a similar vein of where my argument comes here. People are pushing for Stephen Crichton ahead of Latrell Mitchell. Mm. I can't I, see I, that I, happening in game. I one. don't. I don't understand it because again, Penrith are going great. Steve Crichton's playing really well, but he's not playing at a level that says you have to. You can't not pick him. Like well, I. I think, I think the other centers the other center's playing better. Yeah, but I think Bert, I think Burton's and, playing better. And he's playing left center. He's pushed Crichton out of left center to the right. And Crichton's if having you, moments if, where he's great in the game, but he's not 
he's not playing at the level that I'm going. You've got to pick him. I really, I, if, I don't. If think you wanted is. to pick a Penrith centre, you'd be picking Burton. If Latrell has to go, for mine, it's Burton yeah. that takes that spot. Um, but even before Burton, I'd be considering Whiten. Yeah. You know, um, it's a, it's a strange narrative coming out again at a Channel Nine. Crichton, Whiten, Burton. Who's next? Um, uh, yeah. So I, look, I yeah, I don't know who, who is it. Who's pushing for that? Who, which which one? Which one uh, Gal had it in his team. Gus had it in his team. I think Joey's been pushing for it. The only thing that I take solace is that Freddie seems to be very level-headed going into the series. He's been very diplomatic. Um, and I, I just look at Mitchell offering us on that left edge. And look, I had, I had no issues with what Whiten gave us two seasons ago. He wasn't great last in a lot series last year. Um, yeah. And he I, hasn't I, played I like, well this I year like at Latrell. all. But, but Latrell, Latrell, I think, on the left, he'll make, he'll make Brighton Toto, he'll be there ahead of Tupu. I saw something on, on Saturday night that I think will cost Tupu a spot in the Origin team. And I don't know if you saw it when Suwali made the break down the left. And he's looking for Tupu. He's looking for Tupu. Tupu, Tupu he's looking, playing, mate. He's looking for Tupu and Tupu's back on halfway. He, he only done a hit up two or three before and was just gassed and couldn't get going. And I just thought Tupu that's the kind playing. of play where they won't pick him. Um, Adokar and Toto will be your wingers, mate. Um, so the only question, only question is, as we'll get, it's Angus Crichton because he's facing a two-week ban for the late shot. He's challenging yes. it, I think, tonight. Hopefully, I'll have the podcast out before then. Um, but if it if we don't have it out before that announcement is, I'll let you know. Um, mm. Who plays the other second row spot if Angus is missing? I, I've got a clear choice, but I want to hear what you're well, going to say. Well, look, it, ma- it makes it really hard, mate, because I would have had. Remember we had those back rowers who were kind of juggling. How do we get Radley in? How do we get Yo in? How do we get Crichton? Well, Crichton was always going to be in. But unfortunately, Radley is out of the picture. So Radley would have been my go-to guy. Um, And now I'm struggling to think of, uh, uh, you know, do you you go another back row or do you you go another front row? And I really apologise about my light flickering, by the way. Um, Do do we go a front rower? so yeah, who you got? I know you got someone in mind. I can Isaiah Yo, I would push straight into the edge. I think I think uh, as to starter, as a starter. Okay, yep. who comes onto the bench though? Murray plays. I think he'll. Murray. Okay. I think he, he comes fit? in. Good question. Um, it does bring an interesting discussion though, because this is this is the if 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 Crichton's out, it leaves a big opening on the bench because they, do they start Trebojevic at lock? Because we, we discussed how he'd be like the second prop on the bench before. Um, mm. Do they play it safe and play Trebojevic at locks now that Radley's no longer available? So I think um, Freddie will go with Murray off the bench in the role that he's played the last few Origins. I remember he hurt himself in the start of game three last year and we yep. didn't have him for the whole match. Um, I'll throw you one out here. He can either go safe-ish and pick another prop whether it be a Campbell Gillard or, or someone like that, he can yeah. go back to what has been working, worked in the past and he could pick someone like a Dale Finnecane or a Wade Graham. Mm-hmm. Or does Freddie really throw a cat amongst the pigeons and go with Gutho and Whiten on the bench? Not in my world, he doesn't. Look, people out there probably think I hate Gutho. I don't. I just don't think he's got any business being in this in this state of origin team at the moment. Mm. I just, I can't, I can't see how to get him in unless you want to sacrifice Mitchell and try and get him into centers, but he's proven that his best position is, is fullback. Um, so I say no to Gutho um, only because we've got two of the best fullbacks, arguably three of the best fullbacks in the competition lined up in our teams already in Tedesco, Trebojevic and Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. So, um, the only way Gutho sees any game time for me, he might play 18th man or 19th man this year, but the only way he seems game, sees game time is either through injuries or suspensions. Um, so, no, I, I, I think now that Pappy is out, Whiten comes onto the bench okay. for mine. Um, it's either Whiten or Burton. Because, don't get me wrong, I think Whiten is more of a 
uh, a brute and more of an origin kind of player at the moment. But Burton can cover fullback, centre, wing, 5'8". He can cover a few, as White and can. And, but maybe Burton is a little more creative. Okay. You know, TBC, you know. Um, <laughs> but Whiten isn't in great form. No, he's uh, not. Neither is, his, neither is his club team. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you axe the man just for that or, or what. But, uh, yeah, Pappy out, White or Burton, bracket them together in um, as the – I think I think Trebojevic – in my team that I, I, I messed around the other night and picked a team on um, NRL Roast's um, oh, yeah. uh, page, and I, I, I immediately put Jake Trebojevic in the starting team. Then I thought, no, I want him as a, I want oh, him yeah. as a front rower. On the so bench, I took him 100%. out. Cameron Murray, Cameron Murray went into the starting yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, so I had um, Payne Hass, Jake. I had. Um, who else did I have on the well, bench? Yo would have there? been on your bench, wouldn't he? Yes, Yo. So, and then, but that's because I had Crichton already picked. Yeah. So it opens up the spot for another forward, and and look, maybe it's Pangai. Um, you got Pangai, you got Madison, uh, Liam Martin, Nathan Brown. Um, I would out out of those what you've just said, I'd have either Pangai or Martin. Um, Pangai offers you something, but he also potentially offers you a liability. It's just the way he it's the way he rolls and. The one thing I'd go that over. Pangai, I'd go that over a safe option like a Brown or a Campbell Gillard. I don't. I, neither of those two. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't have either. They're of good. Them. They're really good club players, but neither of those yeah. two do anything for me at, at state level. The only thing with Pangai, and I think it might be echoing in in Brandy and and Fitless Head is the uh, I don't want to play for New South Wales. I'm a Queensland, Queensland. supporter. Yeah. I think that might haunt him for a long time. Um, and it unless should. it really should. Yeah, absolutely should. It was disrespectful. You know, it was absolutely disrespectful. Um, so yeah, that's I know it sounds like a bit of a mess. Why don't no, you go it, through the team? Go all right, the team so where we end up is uh, Tedesco, Toto, Mitchell, Trebojevic, Adokar, Luai, Cleary, Di Safidi, Cook, Paulo, Crichton slash Yo, uh, Frizzell, Murray. Haas, Trevojevic, Gutherson or Whiten, and then it's either another forward. I, I would probably, you know, I, he has not played well. But I would pick, I, I would pick either Dale Finnecane or I would pick Wade Graham because they've both been there before. Be, yeah, they've done be the Wade job Graham. for us, and they only need to play a short period of the game. I don't need, I don't need long minutes out of them. I just want a mm. bit of an impact. And both offer it in their own ways. I know what you're going to say about Wade, and I, I, I'm with you. He's copped a bunch of hit head knocks, but I feel so much better with him there as an option on the bench, or a Finnecane there as an option on the bench, than a Campbell Gillard or a Brown or a, you know, a guy who's a good player or a Liam Martin. I want someone who's been there before playing that 15, that 10, 15 minute role. I don't want to. Out, out of your favourites that you've just said, then I'd have Finucane, but. Um, I think I honestly think that Pangai or Martin is a better option, but they're just my opinions, mate. What do they matter? Freddie doesn't listen to me or this show, so hey, hey, he might, Freddie. He might. How you doing, bud? Uh, there's some origin talk. Uh, who do you think is going to be referee? Is is Jerry Sutton going to get the job again? No, I think Cummins. What about Atkins? Is he is he, is he a chance? I really like something I saw from him the other night when he mm. um, all the day when he uh, gave Josh Mansour a. Uh, Absolute serve for using the touch touch. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't. So uh, I think they called obstruction or some sort of play on the off the ball, and Mansour sledged the touchy. Like, how can you let that happen? And Atkins calls him across and said, "That was my call. You do not speak to him like that. I made the call. It was my decision. Now get back into your spot." I yeah. thought, I'll cop that. That's did he, good. Did he did he put him on report for abusing an official? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you want to send a message that that's something you don't want in junior football? Mm. Hmm, interesting. Uh, we'll be back after the break. I think, I, think, I think Cummins will get it, mate. Sorry, I think Cummins will get it. Um, I don't think Sutton can. I don't think Sutton can come from the back of the bleachers into the forefront of the uh, as, as the best referee at the moment. I think Cummins is okay. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's some origin talk. Hope you enjoyed it. Wrapping uh, things up after the break uh, with a look back at the uh, the lifetimes of uh, Robert Fulton. 
Okay, it's episode 236. We're wrapping up the show with our bonus segment, um, a bit of a somber bonus segment this time. Uh, Bob Fulton passed away uh, on Sunday, uh, Roberto. We've both got times where we've actually been fortunate enough to have crossed his path. Uh, and I, I want to get to those sort of you know, a bit of story time at the end. But the, the observation we both had of Bozo through our formative years and then I guess uh, our really watched when we started to watch football closely kind of years. He was, yep. I'm going to start it with, he was very much a, he was the head of the snake. I hated, I hated, I hated Manly. Um, <laughs> I still hate Manly, but he was the super coach, but he was also coach of Australia at the same time. Yep. And it's funny. I never hated Bob Fulton as much as I wanted to, because he also coached, the Australian team, which I loved, and I actually saw play a lot of football, went on kangaroo tours and, and the like. Is yeah. that sort of how you saw it as well with Bob Fulton? A, a, a little bit, a, a little bit. I'm, I'm a little older than you. Um, I remember my, my family were big Parramatta supporters. So you can imagine how it went down with, you know, with Manly. You know, I, I, Manly and Parra have had a long yeah. history um, I never saw Bozo play live. I never saw him at a game. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've seen a bunch of video of him. Um, and for his time, yeah, he wasn't a very big man at all. Um, he was a small centre and played a bit of 5'8 as well. Or probably played mostly 5'8 and a bit of centre. Um, mate, he was, a, he was a freakish player. I mean, he, his fitness levels were above everybody. So he... he Interestingly enough, he was born in England, so he's actually a POM mm. um, by, by birth, but very much an Aussie every other way. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Manly, and I'm still not, to be honest. It, it's it deeply right. ingrained on the show. In that's 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 well uh, accepted. Yeah, it's deeply ingrained in me, and you know, I think Bozo loved Manly more than anything. You know, um, he was obviously very proud of being Aussie coach. Mm. Um, he was a proud. New South Welshman as well, um, but yeah, you know, I it, it didn't sit well with me either. But when he was the Aussie coach, and it was a little bit like the Queenslanders, you know, I, I wasn't the greatest fan of Mal Meninga when he played for Queensland. Yet I loved him with Canberra and 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 um, Australia. Australia yeah. You know, so some people can drop that that hatred of a, a person or a player um, because of who they're associated with, uh, you know, and that it comes down to the uh, the the very kind of tribalism that rugby league is, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember. I just remember my whole family used to talk about Bob Fulton as uh, in not very nice terms because of his association and his very long and deep association with Manly. Yeah. Yet, uh, when he was the Aussie coach, you know, everyone was looking to him to be the saviour, um, you know. And he was a very very good coach too. So, um, you know, I, I go on. No, it's all right. Um, he, as I, I never saw the, the player. Uh, I knew of the player, uh, one of the first four immortals, um, which is not a bad list. What was he with? Um, Gaznia, Raper, and uh, Churchill. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad list to start off with. Mm, absolutely. Uh, as I said, he, he, so I think his first uh, foray coaching was with that regular league project um, once again. But uh, he took over Manly, I think it was in 80. Let's have a look. He took over in 83 after three years coaching at the, um, at the Chooks. Uh, yeah. Took him to a grand final in 83. Um, didn't beat Manly, uh, didn't beat Eels, which your family would have been. We're cheering about, but he eventually won the comp uh, with Manly in '87, with that that sort of half generation that had sort of moved on from that early '80s, uh, really good regular yep. season teams. Mm. And then I think he stepped away from Manly for a few years. Let me just double check. Uh, he went from to '88. He coached with Manly, and then he had five years off, and that's where he really sort of made his mark with the Australian side. Yeah, Kangaroo Tours was something really special, uh, weren't they? You know, as impressionable, I wouldn't say we were young, young men, but we were younger men. I was a young man. You might have been 
58, but um, what do you remember in regards to it all being on the coach in regards to team selections? Because as a Canberra fan, and we touched on this in the last podcast, you know, the whole Alan Langer versus Ricky Stewart thing. Mm. I always looked at it from the Canberra perspective of, you know, how can you, we just won the comp, both, both kangaroo tours, okay? And he picked Langer in the first test. Um, I said, how can you do that? But if you think about the teams that he had at his disposal for those kangaroo tours in 1994, how hard would it have been to pick your halves? Like, it wouldn't have been an well, easy decision like, for him. So I'm starting to give you some slack is what I'm telling you. Yeah, look, I, I went on, I was on the 94 kangaroo tour um, and then I was on the 95 World Cup tour. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, but looking back a little earlier and looking at Stuart and, and, and Langer, obviously Bozo, we've touched on this before, obviously Bozo had his favourites, um, you know, and, and very much the kangaroo tours are very much when Bozo was the, the coach were very much the Bozo tour. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was his way or the highway. He took, he took his trainers from Manly in, in Brian Sheriff Hollis would be there. And um, yeah, basically whatever he wanted, he got. Um, yeah. And now I think he liked it that way. I think it, it all hung on him. You know, when they lost, he... At rep level, it very, should. Yeah. They very rarely did lose, by the yeah. way. They, they lost a couple of games. But, um, yeah, I, I, Bozo, Bozo was a character, you know, for me anyway. I, I mean, he was one of the first, as a young photographer, um, one of the first games in the first year that I shot was St. George and Manly at Jubilee. And uh, I had to go into it because back in the day, there weren't press conferences. The journalists just go into the dressing shed. Yeah would go in as well and you kind of had to be a bit careful of what you shot back in the day um, you know there were plenty of things in the dressing room you couldn't shoot um, but it was open slather kind of thing you know I mean yeah. there was <clears throat> there was you know all sorts of there goes that light again there's all sorts of stuff going on but um, I remember pointing the camera at Bob uh, at Bozo one day and he he just gave me this death stare and the camera went down and I kind of walked away yeah but, you know, many years later, and, and I'm talking only about four or five years ago, I think um, uh, I was up in Queensland shooting, was it Origin? I think it might have been Origin. And Bozo, I, I went up to the gym to go for a run and, and it, I was just a bit, had a bit of energy. I went up to the gym, had a run on the treadmill, did a bit of weights and Bozo was up in the gym. It was only he and I in the gym. And I uh, had, a, had a little yarn with him up there about things, you know, because he, he obviously used to meet a lot of, media kind of people and uh, he probably didn't know who the hell I was and I started speaking to him and then he, something must have twigged and he remembered. Yeah. Um, he, was a, he was a good bloke, mate. He was a, a really good fella and I mean all of the all, a lot of people come out this week and had, had said great things about him but I think the one thing that was probably uh, ringing, ringing true and was very consistent was his loyalty. Um, very, very loyal man to Manly, yeah. uh, very loyal and proud Australian uh, and, and obviously a good friend to a number of people in the media um, who, who won't forget the things that he did for them, you know. So he's a big loss, you know, being one of the first immortals to be or being in the first bunch of immortals to be brought in to that, um, to that wonderful club um, obviously spelt out who he was as a player and how good he was as a player. But, um, you know, all of the words this week as to how he was as a man is probably even more important. And uh, mm. I think it's a great, great loss to rugby league. Very, very smart guy. Um, very, you know, very quick-witted. Probably not the kind of bloke you'd want to get into an argument with because he'd, <laughs> I reckon he'd have you pretty much pinned down with his, with his knee on your throat, uh, yep. figuratively speaking, before you even knew what was happening. Um but yeah, just a just a great Aussie, and um, and I'm and I'm sure he'll be sadly missed uh, by everyone. Yeah, that that's of the the tributes, and even Ray Hadley, I think, said it. You know, the Bozo nickname was well earned, and mm. the the elements of the some of the tributes have discussed how if he wasn't talking seriously with you, he was just bagging you out. Yeah, uh, and that's where my story comes in. Uh, I teased it on the Insta the other day. Um, 2014, 
I'm on the Four Nations leg in Australia and Bob McCarthy and his wife, Judy, Bob Fultman, his wife, Anne, Andrew Hill and Glenn Jackson were in Melbourne in the hotel lobby. I'm sitting in the hotel lobby with my computer on my lap, working away, sitting there with my glasses on, obviously, and um, in the hotel foyer. And I think I was sitting next to Glenn from memory. And Andrew Hill walks in with the four, well, the two selectors and, and their wives. And I look up. And I've gone, I know who that is. I definitely know who that is. That's, uh, that's Bob McCarthy and Bob Fulton. All right, just, just focus on what you're doing. Tap, tap, tap away. Anyway, Andrew Hill is a top fella. Um, ben introduces us. And I'm sitting there and he decides his work. He does our social media. Shake your hand, shake your hand. And you're just thinking, like, I'm, just, I'm just you know doing my work. Anyway, they sit down and start, we just start talking. And anyway, one of the questions comes up about something and Bob turns to me and says, oh, the, the nerd will know because I'm sitting there with my computer and my glasses. Well, we went out the whole afternoon. We spent with each other. I went to a pub. Then we went to dinner and the whole night I wasn't Warwick Nicholson. I was just the nerd. He was, he was merciless. Um, Bob uh, McCarthy and his wife were fantastic. They went, they called me Warwick, but Every time the discussion came to something that I, he goes, oh, he just called me the nerd about five or six times. So I could see where, all I could see as I was sitting there was the influence that Bob Fulton had on Fat, Fatty Borton in that kind of mm. laconic kind of way that he does it. Um, yeah. That coincidentally is also the most expensive meal I've ever had. Um, the Australian selectors uh, credit card was, was well and truly used well that night, but it was just awesome to be able to sit. And I, I didn't ask a lot of questions about the past and all that kind of stuff, but it was just a cool night and uh, forever. Uh, not that he, obviously he would have remembered, but um, as a person who was working in the, in the industry at, the, at that time, just to be known as the nerd and not Warwick was, was kind of cool for that evening. So don't call me nerd, but um, Bob Fulton can. Uh, and that was my, um, my one little uh, interaction with him. But yeah, just as a, as a coach and as the manly juggernaut and how they changed from a team that could score points to a team that would stop teams scoring points to try and win that premiership was another good sign of, I guess, the flexibility of him as a coach. Because you remember one of the things that, as I wrap it up on, on Bob Fulton, is that, you know, he had such brilliance in that Australian team for a lot of years to be able to come back into the, the Manly setup in 93 and then redevelop a team that could score points into a um, defensive powerhouse Uh just was, a, was quite an accomplishment. What was interesting, though, was the way that he left Manly in the end um, seemed a bit of a, like, I just can't fix it, which was, mm. I think, also a lot of coaches may have held on. He kind of, I think he walked away during 99, if I remember, um, yep. a few weeks into the season. Um, and, look, sometimes it's just the decision you got to make. Uh, yeah. You know, even the greatest of us um, get humbled at, you know, at some stage in the, in the career. And, and interestingly enough, when I did the research, his last game in charge of Australia, they lost. Yeah. Last when game in charge that, of Manly, uh, I think they lost as well. It's just, it's, yeah. Sport is a great leveler at times, isn't it? Absolutely. And everyone has their, everyone has their time and their day. And that's what, what makes fellas like Wayne Bennett such a freak of nature because it's been so good for so long. Yeah. People don't appreciate that sometimes. No, People just, they don't. you know, um, but make no mistake, um, uh, Bob Fulton was was once in a in a generation, and maybe even once in a, a couple of generations, kind of a bloke and and rugby league man. Is rugby league through and through, yeah. um, and uh, and a decent bloke, a good bloke, um, you know. And the, my few experiences with him, like I say, on those the Kangaroo Tour and the World Cup Tour were were always nice. You know, the first one wasn't so much so nice, but he probably just saw this young bloke walk into a dressing room and point a camera at him and he was wondering what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Um, bloke he didn't know was taking photos of him from across the room. And um, But, yeah, I uh, I soon learned that there was some protocol in dressing rooms, you know, not to just go to the point. <laughs> well, you got to learn those room. things and who better than the Bob Fulton stare to... to- it was just a you. stare, mate, and and he wasn't very he wasn't a very imposing kind of guy. I mean, I, I was mm. probably a bit bigger than him, you know. But he just just the way he kind of he was talking to a journo, and he just just out of the corner of his eye, he kind of looked at me and 
And I thought, okay, I better not go there. Um, but every time after that, uh, it was wonderful, wonderful conversation with him in that gym that day, probably for about half an hour. And um, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard too many people say anything nasty about Bob Fulton. Um, uh, like I said before, he was a wonderful coach, wonderful player, and from all reports, uh, a great friend and family man. So, you know, commiserations and uh, yep, the family. Uh, feelings out to the Fulton family. Well, that pretty much wraps up episode 236 of Not The Footy Show. Just a, a birthday shout-out. Uh, the original co-host of this show, Mr Nick McInerney. Uh, it's his birthday today. He's probably not listening anymore, given he got turfed for about 10 years ago uh, from the show. Um, no, he never got turfed. Uh, but hopefully uh, catch up with him again soon uh, and maybe getting on the, the show. He's a uh, Red V fan just like you, Cocksmith. So, um, you know, oh. he's sitting there going, how did you lose to the Sharkies the other night? Oh, let's not go there. Let's, <laughs> let's not, not go there. But, but, but let's get Nick back. It'd be great to talk to yep. him. Absolutely. Uh, Origin teams this weekend. I uh, hope the players that you want to see get picked for your states and NRL Indigenous round is also this weekend. Very, very quickly uh, I know that there is so long in the season to go that when I see comments like um, this from Mick Ennis, I just have to laugh. Apparently there's a red line through South Sydney Cocksmith because they've lost uh, to the uh, Storm and Panthers by 50 points in two of the last three weeks. He realises the season doesn't end this week, yeah? A little bit early, I would have thought. But it's a form guide as to what's happening. And I mean, mm. uh, pretty, a couple of pretty big losses. I mean, who are South's missing at the moment? There's not many that they're missing. Cam Murray, the first string. Yeah. Well, he's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a, a loss, but he, he's not a 38-point loss. And that was a deficit on the weekend, I believe, unless my maths is incorrect. But it's somewhere between 30 and 40 points difference between the teams. And I don't know, it might be a little hard to come back from that. Um, I don't know if I'd be putting the red marker through them yet, though, but maybe Great. soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I will say I'm not willing to do it until you get to um, the pointy end of the season, simply because things can happen. And we've got a whole Origin mm. series to get through, and there'll be one team, or two teams pretty much, that'll have a lot of representation uh, in the Origin yep. series. And that means a lot of extra football. Yep. A lot of stress on your body. Um, interesting times. That's episode 236. Mr. Rob Cox is at ROBBCOX on Instagram. We're at not the footy show on Instagram, nrl.com slash, uh, not nrl.com, not, not, we're not, definitely not nrl.com, uh, facebook.com slash nrl podcast. Uh, and uh, if you've got any more reviews, uh, we had two reviews in two weeks. I don't think there's any more this week, but we didn't do a podcast last week, so I can understand that. Uh, but very much appreciate uh, your patronage and listening to the show of us two dribblers. Just um, keep the, uh, the dribble coming thick and fast because that's what we give you on not the footy show, isn't it, Coxman? Absolutely, nerd. <laughs> Perhaps uh... Not the footy show. show? Uh, we're sitting there um, at the steak restaurant, and everyone's. I'm looking at the menu, just going. I'm like, can't order. Did that. he call you? Did that. he call you? Did he call you nerd, or did he call you nerd? No, no. Which just, one was it? He, he just called me the nerd. So we we're oh. ordering, and it goes. Oh, I can't remember who I was. I think I was sitting next to Andrew Hill from memory. And Bob was doing the ordering. So he's going, we'll have this, this wine, this wine, these sides, whatever. And then he goes, Hilly, what are you having? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, hey, nerd, what are you having? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just gone. Um, I'll have the porterhouse, please. That'd be great. Uh, As a uh, mortal calls you the nerd or nerd. Yeah. I'm now the immortal nerd. Is that, is that the yes. best way of doing it? Um, there you go. That but could, oh, it was good. Mate, that could be the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, I remember a whole lot, apart from the fact that um, Bob McCarthy and Judy were incredibly generous. Like they were really, 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 really friendly. Um, mm. when it, like we just talked about football and stuff. Um, I was able to just discuss it with them. I don't remember talking a heck of a lot during over dinner. Um, yeah. But we definitely went. It was. It was kind. I've got it in my head. The pub we went to was a really nice little bar thing in um, Melbourne and you're just sitting there and I, there was a game on at the time so I had to actually do some play-by-play stuff of I think it was Samoa versus New Zealand but it was just cool to be sitting there watching football with some pretty uh, well-credentialed individuals um, yeah but, yeah absolutely yeah. Sounds, sounds sounds good mate I, I, I remember him on that that kangaroo tour you know mm. um, 
he was fantastic. He was really, I had full access to the team. I was kind of embedded with the team and, um, you know, nothing was off limits, really. Nothing. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. And, and we did, you know. So he was, he was smart in the way that he knew the media could positively affect the team, especially with yep. media that's embedded. You know, he had a bit of control over the, the media, yeah, exactly. which was embedded. Which was embedded. When it's not embedded, it's a bit different. You know, because if you if you up in the first week and send something that shouldn't have been sent, you can then be punished for the next five weeks. You know, fair so, point. Yeah, no, he but he, but he was a good guy, mate, and 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 like I say, let's just just a, a really good rugby league man. So, did you hear what Sadly said? Very young. Did you hear? What I, said? I heard. Yeah, well, I heard that he. I heard the thing on the radio. He did something the next day with uh, Carl Stefanovic. I saw on that today. Yeah. I, I obviously he didn't repeat what he was saying, but I think there's no doubts what the word he called him every time he messaged him was. Is there? Oh, it begins with begins with. <laughs> I reckon so. <laughs> I just thought that sums it up. Then, like he he just. It'd be uh, like g'day, g'day. <laughs> but Bob Bob, uh, Bob was very liberal with his. Uh, colourful language as well, mm. you know. Um, very, very liberal with it. You know, you, you think I swear a lot. It's not the show. It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation, and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of not the show. Birthday boy. Pepsi.